Good morning. That is a blessing. And even though it's your first time here, you're welcome to come every Sunday and come every time because this is a, a welcoming, loving church and we thank God for each and every person who's here today. Shall we just open in prayer? Father, we thank you for this beautiful song that Jenny sang for us today and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You're our Lord and Savior. You're with us through thick and thin in life. No matter what we go through, whether it's hospital, sickness, financial problems, whatever the case may be, you're right by our side, Lord, working for us, encouraging us, being with us. We pray now that you will speak to our hearts through your word. We pray that you will open our hearts by the Holy Spirit for the word and touch us, Lord. Please hide me behind the cross and may the word be a great blessing and encouragement to our hearts in all that we do today. And we just commit it to you and pray for your help and guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a need today in the world. There's a need in the church. There's a need among every Christian for revival. Revival is something we oftentimes think about for other people. Other people need revival. Other countries need revival. There were revivals in the days of the Bible. There were revivals in in the days gone by in the past. But today, maybe more than ever before, we need among God's people a revival by the Holy Spirit to get hold of our hearts and draw us back to where we should be spiritually. We need a spiritual revival. And if a person doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't be revived in that sense because you don't know him. But you can come to know him and he will do a revolutionary work in your life. He'll change your life. He'll turn it upside down. There was a story of a Scottish doctor who grew up in a Christian home and his mother prayed for him all the time. And she gave him a Bible and his name was John Mackey. And he lived in Scotland, a great physician, great doctor. And one day they brought a man to him who had had a fall. It was a laborer and he had a fall. And his case was so severe that the doctor knew that he wasn't going to make it. He was going to die. And he told the, the man that, that he, he said, doctor, how much time do I have? He says, well, not much time. He said, could you please go back and have my landlady bring the little book? Just bring the little book to me. Which book are you talking about? He said, he said, she'll know which, what, what I'm talking about. Bring the little book. So she brought the little book back and the nurse read from this little and he read from the book for quite a few days. And then when he couldn't read any longer, he had the nurse read it to him. And then finally he passed away. The man passed away and the doctor was curious and he asked, what was that little book? And the doc and the nurse brought it to him and said, here's the book. And so we'll pretend this is the book. And he opened that book. And he found in that book his name there from his mother, because years ago he had sold that Bible to make a little money when he needed money. And he sold that Bible. And then he read his name to my dear son, John, with love that you may know the Lord Jesus Christ. And it changed his life in such a, a powerful and miraculous way that this man went on to preach the gospel and to share the love of Christ with others. You know, you can go far from the Lord, far across the world, but he'll track you down by his love. God loves us so much 
that the scripture says, for God so loved the world, and that's you and I, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, the Lord loves us so much. And he's able to breathe new life into us and give us a new heart, a new life in such a way is to change everything. And anyone who has come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior knows that your life is changed and it'll never be the same again. You have a new attitude. You have a new desire. You have a new hope. You have peace. You have eternal life when you accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. And it should never be as Christians that we should ever lose that passion, that love for him, that appreciation for what he's done for us. At the breaking of bread, it was so beautiful today to hear the different people sharing from from what the Lord had laid on their hearts. It should never become old. It should never become stale. When we open the Bible in the morning, it should be new and exciting When we pray, it should be a blessing to our hearts. And if it ever becomes that way, we need reviving. And God knows how to bring us to that point of revival in our lives. And that's what he wants to do. And so the title of our message today is Revive Me Today. Revive Me Today. A lot of times we don't even realize how bad off we are spiritually sometimes until we look into the spiritual mirror of the word of God and we say, Lord, I'm not right. I'm not as excited and as passionate about you as I should be. I'm not serving the way I should. I'm not giving the way I should. May the Lord help us to be revived because we need it. We need it in this world today where people are going to hell without Christ. We need to be those who tell them. We need to be the ones who show Christ to them in their lives. I like the definition of the word revive. It says to come or to bring back to life or consciousness, to resuscitate, to come or bring back to a healthy, vigorous or flourishing condition after a decline, to come back to, atten- or you, or you, to use or attention. You know, one of my friends at work, went out to lunch with another friend and all of a sudden at the restaurant, he started having symptoms of the heart attack and he he was passing out and they had to call 911 and they took him to the hospital and they saved his life. You know, when you're having a heart attack, if you don't get to the hospital right away, it can be a matter of life and death. Today, you might be on the precipice You may not have Christ in your heart. It's a life and death matter to come to know him as your savior. And who knows how many opportunities you may have. And so it's our desire. It's the Lord's desire to save each person and to give us the abundant life, to give us the kind of life that is dynamic for him so that we can be a blessing in the world today. I'd like to read a verse from Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, chapter three and verse two. We're going to put it up on the screen, but it's a book in the Old Testament near the end of the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter three and verse two. And it says, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. Remember mercy. You know, God is such a merciful God. Think of how many times. 
He could have written us off. He could have actually done that, couldn't he? We deserved it. We're sinners. He could have written us off. He could have said, that's it. Dean, you blew it too many times. You did the same sin too many times. You strayed too many times. I think of that hymn that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, yet thou, Lord, hast deigned to seal it with thy spirit from above. Once we get saved and we know Jesus, our names are written in heaven. We can know that if anything happens to us, we're going to be immediately in the presence of the Lord. You know, years ago, someone asked the question, do you know for sure that if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? And so many people say, well, I don't don't know for sure. I hope so. And then the second question, if you were to die today and stand before God, God forbid you were to die today, but if you did, and God said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? The only reason he would let us into heaven is because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. It's not because of any good works we've done. It doesn't matter how religious we are or how much we attend church or all the good things we do and how moral we are. What counts is the blood of Jesus Christ was shed on the cross to forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life. That is why we're so thankful for the life He's given us. That's why the church needs reviving today. That's why we need revival in our life. And we need it today. You know, the story is told in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel about the dry bones. How many have remembered or heard the story of the dry bones? Sylvia has given messages on it too on the Thursday class. Here these dry bones were dead, dead. And all of a sudden, God through a miracle brought life into these bones and they started to come to life and become like a great army. And I was thinking, Lord, there's a lot of dead people in the world today, not physically, but spiritually dead. And only the Lord can give life to those dead bones. Only the Lord can give life to people that don't know Him. Only the Lord can breathe His life into our Christian lives and make them effective for Him. And that's what He wants us to do. Today we're just going to look at three things. Number one, the key to revival is to repent. Number two, the second key is that God would restore us. And number three, that He would rekindle the fire in our lives once again. You know, the Lord has a great work to do in our lives. He wants to revive us. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be filled with Him every day. But the key thing is we have to repent. Repentance just simply means to turn around. Once we're going away from God, we turn around 180 degrees to come back to Him. And that's why it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's not one single sin that you can do, you can commit, that God cannot forgive you. And there's not one single sinner that cannot be saved by the blood of Christ. It's available. It's there. But people say, you know, I'm young, Dean. I've got time. I've got time. But how many people thought they have time and they're not alive today? Maybe they even, across the world today, died today and they didn't get hold. They didn't accept Christ into their life. It's too late. It's too late. But it's not too late for you and it's not too late for me. If we don't know Christ, we can know Him today. And it's not good to leave that door without accepting Christ. Come and pray. Come up to the front. Talk to Adel. Accept Jesus today into your life because you may not get another chance. 
And for us as Christians, if our lives have not been what they should be, we need to confess it and we need to repent and get right with the Lord. Because we can't be effective for the Lord. We can't do anything for him if we're not right with the Lord. In Proverbs 28, 13, it says a similar thing. It says, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. There was an archbishop, and Ada likes the title archbishop, right? He always quotes about the archbishop. Well, here's a man. He was an archbishop of Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. His name was Richard Trench, and he said this. He said, repentance is that mighty change of mind, heart, and life wrought by the Holy Spirit. And that's what repentance is all about. That's why when somebody has gone through a change, a radical change, and accepted the Lord in their life, their life's not the same anymore. And so many times their friends or loved ones say, what's, about, what's different about you? What's changed? You're not the same anymore. You don't talk the same way anymore. You don't act the same way anymore. You don't go with us to these parties and things anymore. Why? Because Jesus changed your life. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to change our life. But repentance is not just feeling sorry for what we did. It's different than that. Regret is feeling sorry mentally. Remember King Saul? That's what he did. He regretted it. He felt bad mentally. Remorse is feeling sorry mentally and emotionally as Judas did. But that wasn't enough. That didn't save him. It's not enough to just feel sorry for your sins or feel sorry because you got caught. True repentance is feeling it from God's perspective. That I've sinned against God and I need to be forgiven by Him. That's why David said in Psalm 51, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done what is evil in thy sight. That's what he said. Our sin is against Him. And so when we have any kind of a revival where people are getting saved and any kind of revival where Christians are coming back, it always starts with the Word of God speaking to us by the Holy Spirit. There's a couple of great verses from the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. Ed's going to put them on the screen. They're familiar to us, but it's so important. When God deals with a person and he's knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to get through to you, these verses are so encouraging. It says, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain. And look at our area today. God has shut up heaven. There is no rain. It's amazing. Or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. And then he says in verse 14, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. You notice there's a little tiny word there that makes all the difference in the world when we come to the Lord, when we come back to the Lord. It's the little word, if. The word if, I looked it up in the concordance, is found over 1,600 times in the Bible. The little word, if. But it's a little hard to do a word study on it because the concordance has it only in the appendix. But it is a tremendous word. And he says, if my people... We have to make the choice. We have to decide, I want to get right with the Lord. I want to do it today. I don't want to wait till this afternoon. I don't want to wait till tonight. I don't want to wait till next Sunday. I want to do it now. And if it means coming to Christ, come now. Billy Graham used to always say when he preached his message, 
Come. Come from up on the top bank of the stadium. Come all the way down. We'll wait for you to come. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Yes, it's revival time. It's time for God to get serious about God and to let Him have full control. We sang that hymn this morning, I Surrender All. It doesn't say I surrender most. It says I surrender all. He wants your heart. He wants my heart. He knows he's, he's got the best life for us, but he knows if we get involved and try to run it ourselves, we're going to run it right into the ground, aren't we? We're going to be like some of these crashes you hear about the traffic reporter saying, solo car spin out and runs into a tree or into a pole. That's how our lives are, out of control without Christ. And we're going to spin out of control and we're going to crash our lives if we don't come to know him. And as Christians, if we don't give all to him, if we don't let him have his way, our lives aren't going to work. It's not going to work. It's like trying to plug in some electrical device and you don't have power. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I love the Greek word for repentance. It's metanoia. Metanoia is composed of two words. Meta, which means change, and noia, which means mind. It's a change of mind. A change of life. A change of heart. That's what it takes. And it to be right with God and to be fully surrendered to Him. Secondly, not only do we have to repent, but we have to be restored. We have to be restored. God wants to do a restorative work in our lives. You know, when we first opened the other church, we were, were going to put it in over there at 1901 San Ramon Valley Boulevard. And there was, there was a city councilman who wanted to put in, it was his pet project, he wanted to have an auto repair shop to go in that spot. And he spoke about that. But after he heard all the different members of our church family who live in San Ramon saying how much this church has touched them. I mean, we were crying that night. How much the Lord had done in their lives over the years and how this church has had an impact. The Lord has changed them. He said at the end, you know, I thought about putting in this auto repair shop to restore automobiles. But he says, it seems like you're in the restoration business of souls. And that's exactly the business the Lord Jesus Christ is in. He's in the restoration business, not to restore cars, but to restore souls. He can see deep into our hearts and see what we're thinking and knowing and our motives and desires. And he wants us to give our hearts to him. He wants to restore us in a wonderful way. One of the hardest things I ever did in life was to restore a car that had gotten very oxidized. Now, I used to own a 1969 Chevrolet Camaro. It was really a pride and joy that I had at that time. It was blue and it was great. And my dad gave it to me as my first car. It had 75,000 miles on it. I drove it for another 75,000 miles. Well, one day I noticed it was getting really oxidized. And so I had to work. And, I had to, and you, you know, anybody who does these cars, how hard it is. And then I did a couple cars after that, not the same day, but it's a lot of hard work. And you have, to, you have to rub and rub and rub to get that oxidation off. And then once you get that off and you put the polish on or the wax on, it shines so beautifully and you say, wow, this is my car? And you see, here's the picture of before and how it was so ugly, so oxidized. And here's how it is after. 
That's the way it is with Christ. He wants to restore us. He wants to to take off the spiritual oxidation of our life and He wants to make us shine again. He can do it. He wants to do it, but He needs our cooperation. We have to say yes to Him. We have to come to Him and say, Lord, I need that. I need You to change me. I need You to restore me. I need You to bring me to Yourself. We ask ourselves today, how is, how is my prayer life? Do I need revival in my prayer life? Has prayer become just kind of stale and do it at the same time every day and everything? Or is it exciting to pray? How is my devotional life? When I get up in the morning, do I race out of the house or do I spend time with the Lord? It's convicting. We need it. We need to be revived. How is our Bible study life? Are we studying the Bible? Are we reading the Bible as we should? These are measuring sticks. How is my witnessing? How is my testifying? Here's a good one. How's my attendance at church? Maybe you started off and you come every Sunday and you come every Monday and every Wednesday and you come to the Thursday study in the morning and the Friday group. And then pretty soon you say, well, you know, I'm a little tired after work. I'm not going to go anymore Monday. I'm not going to go anymore Monday. Sunday, Wednesday. Then you cut it down to just Sunday. We need revival. We need to have people line up at the door wanting to be here when I open the door, whoever is opening the door. That would be exciting to me. Waiting to get here. Can't wait to get here. And you know who's the blessing to me in this? And she always has been since she got saved is Tina. I mean, you see Tina on Monday night for choir. She gets here about 20, 30 minutes early. She's in her car practicing the choir song. She loves the Lord. And when you love the Lord and you have this excitement, you want to be here. It's not like somebody has to check up on you, say, why weren't you here? Why weren't you this? Why weren't... No, it has to come from within. It has to be a change of heart. It has to be a restoration to what the Lord wants to do for us. How about our giving? Are we giving to the Lord? You know, in the Bible, it tells us we should be giving 10% of our income to the Lord. 10%. At least I personally believe we should give more because if under the Old Testament covenant of the law, they gave 10%, how much more should we as Christians who've been saved by grace want to give more? And really, it all belongs to the Lord. We give 10. What about the 90? Is the 90 under his control too? It should be. And serving the Lord in everything we do. I know Dave loves this song. It's such a beautiful one that says, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. You know, when David got himself into trouble, and we all know King David, he got involved in a double sin of adultery and murder. And you say, well, God is going to certainly write that man off, right? Sorry, double sin like that? No. But for one year, one year, Bible scholars tell us, one year he lived in a... In a State where he did not confess his sin to the Lord. He did not get right with the Lord. His life was not right for one year. God brought heavy conviction, heavy pressure. It affected him physically. If you want to read about that, read about it in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. He went through so much until that day when Nathan the prophet came to him and spoke to him and told him about his sin. And God forgave David. David was forgiven. He was restored. And the Lord can do the same thing for us. Look what he did with Peter. Peter denied the Lord three times. 
Three times the Lord forgave him. And look what Peter did. He went on to preach and 3,000 people got saved. He went on to preach and be an elder and a godly pastor and, and servant of the Lord. All because the Lord didn't give up on him. He forgave him. And we all need his forgiveness. We all need his cleansing. We all need his restoring in our lives at some time or another. Story was told of an angry man who rushed into the Rinks Museum in Amsterdam and he reached out to Rembrandt's famous painting, Night Watch. He took out a knife and slashed it repeatedly before he could be stopped. Short time later, a distraught, hostile man slipped into St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome and took out a hammer and began to smash Michelangelo's famous sculptor, the Pietra. Two cherished works of art were severely damaged. But what did the officials do? Did they throw them out? Did they forget about them? No. Using the best care and precision, they made every effort to restore those treasures. And that's what God does with us. And He only, not only wants to restore us to the way we were, He wants to restore us to even better than we were. And only God can do that. It's God's sovereign grace that does that. One day, the story was told of a man named Stuart Holden. He was a, a Scottish uh, man, and he lived near a, a mansion. In his, his summer home was near the mansion. And in that mansion, there was one of the walls in it. It had become, it was a new place, and it had become stained. The wall had been stained because somebody spilled soda water on the wall, and it left a very unsightly stain. So what can you do about that? I mean, they can't get it out. It's, it's, it's bad. Well, this man, this artist was visiting them and his name was Lord Landseer and he was staying in that home at that time. And so the family went out to the moors and they went out with the, all the kids and he says, I'm going to stay home today. I'm going to stay, stay back here. And the artist took out a piece of charcoal and he started drawing with that unsightly thing. And pretty soon he drew some beautiful, a beautiful waterfall bordered by trees and wildlife. And he depicted the Scottish life, the Highland life. And they came back and they said, wow, this is beautiful. And ever since then, every artist that went over to that place and visited there did some more drawings. And they put their artistic touch on it. And pretty soon everybody forgot about the unsightly stain in the wall. And it became the most beautiful room. And that's what the Lord can do with us. The, the hymn writer says, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I have to offer him is brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. Only the Lord can make something beautiful out of our life. He can take those unsightly things, those things that we're not proud of, those things that we did wrong, those sins, and He can use them for the good in our lives and in the good of others if we're willing to just surrender it all to Him. Someone said, God chastens us with many instruments, but they are all held by His loving hand. You know, God is in the restoration business. He's done it Old Testament and New Testament. And He wants to restore us today. But the key is to repent and the key is to be restored. And then third is rekindle. You know, the Holy Spirit is spoken of in Scripture as fire. One of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is fire. And Mike was a fireman and he knows how powerful a fire can be. 
It can be uncontrollable. And that's the way the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives. He wants to do it in a powerful way if we're willing. And He can bring tremendous fire in our lives. Paul told the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. There's kind of an amusing story that's told of a Lutheran bishop. And he was visiting a parish church here in California. And he found a banner over the church at the church that was really he really was impressed by it. It said, come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It was big, bright red and orange colors. And it, underneath it had the fire going, the flame. And they, he thought, oh, this is really great. Until he looked underneath that fire and underneath that word. And it said fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher. I think what happens to us in life is sometimes we're, we're burning, we're kindled, we're doing really good, and then something comes into our life to extinguish that fire. The embers start to burn low, and we need to rekindle that fire. You know, the firefighters that handle these wildfires out there sometimes have to stay out all night because some of the embers don't go cold, and they can rekindle again. And that's what God wants to do in your life today. He wants to do it in my life today. He wants to revive us. He wants to rekindle us. He wants to light that fire again so that that can show forth in our lives and to people around us. If people look at my Christian life, do they see Christ? Do they see an excitement? Is it important to me or is it just religion? No, if you're truly born again and you know the Lord and he's first in your life, he is going to be important to you. And you're going to want to give him everything. Someone named James Stewart once said, not the actor, but James A. Stewart said, Revival is the people of God living by an ungrieved, unquenched spirit. You know, if our lives aren't right, it's going to show and it's going to affect us. And when you have a large church or a small church, it doesn't matter. Every member needs to be right with God because you get one person that's not, it's going to affect it. It's going to somehow quench the spirit. And so we need to be right with the Lord. Howard Spring said the kingdom of God is not going to advance by churches being filled with men, but by the men in our churches being filled with God. And I thought, isn't that great? I'll repeat that again. The kingdom of God is not going to advance by churches being filled with men, but by the men in our churches becoming filled with God. So many churches today just want to get more people in. Fill up every seat. They don't save them. They don't win them to the Lord. They just have them come in. They want more and more people. The Lord wants us to have more people, but He wants us to have people get saved. He wants people to come back to the Lord. He wants people to be taught. It has to be powerful. It has to be effective in our lives. And He wants us to be returned to that passion, returned to that power of His presence Daily. You know, there are a lot of imitation things in this world. You look at it, imitation cheese, I mean, imitation leather, imitation cashmere, imitation things. May we never have imitation Christianity. Because you know what that is? It's fake. It's fake. People can tell. Kids can tell. If you, if you look at a child, they can tell if an adult is genuine or not, can't they? They really can And people in the world can see if we're genuine or not. Is this person really dedicated to Christ or is it a low priority in his life? Is it is it secondary or third priority 
in his life. The Lord wants us to be those who repent and are restored and have that rekindled spirit. In Matthew 16, 24, the Lord Jesus says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. And Luke adds, daily and follow me. You know, it would be really interesting to see, wouldn't it, if the Lord Jesus Christ were to come down today to this world and he would follow us around in our lives and he'd go to our homes and he'd go to our places of business and he'd go to our schools. And what kind of a difference do you think that would make in your life if the Savior was right there with you when you're driving your car, when you're at the school, when you're at at your job? How would that affect how you speak to people? How would that affect the way you live your life? Wouldn't it radically change it? You know what? He is right with us. We can't see Him. Ginny sang it in that song today. We haven't seen Him with our eyes. We haven't heard Him with our natural ears. But He's promised, I am with you. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And if we would go home this week and think about that, that the Lord is with me when I'm driving. The Lord is with me when I'm in school. The Lord is with me when I'm at work. Wouldn't that affect our life? I think it would bring a radical change. I think it would bring a revival to us if we would realize that the Lord loves us that much. He's with us and He wants us to represent Him in this world. Not for show. Not to show off like what kind of a good Christian am I? But to do it for His glory. To tell people, look what God has done for me. Look what Christ has done for me. That's the kind of Christian He wants us to be. Revival. Needed. Needed in your life. Needed in my life. Needed in all of our lives to be the people that He wants us to be. Repent, restore, and rekindle. And when we do that, the Lord's going to raise us up. We're going to be like a mighty army, like those dead bones coming to life. And that's what the Lord wants to do. It challenged me. It really did. The Lord really spoke to me and I said, Lord, I need revival. I want to be on fire, burning for you. I want to be that kind of a Christian that that is sold out, surrendered, like we sang today. I surrender all. May the Lord touch our hearts. Let's bow our heads and close in prayer. If there's anyone here today that needs to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you don't want to leave here without Him, All you have to do is raise up your hand and I'll pray for you right now and you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior because you know the Lord's going to be after you. He's after you right now. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you to come to Him. And you can do it in the quietness of your seat and just say, Lord Jesus, I know that You died on the cross for my sins. I know, Lord Jesus, that I'm I'm an unworthy sinner. I don't deserve to go to heaven. But come into my heart. Be my Savior. Change my life. Make me that kind of person you want me to be. And He'll do it right now, today. Anyone who wants to raise up your hand, just slip it up and we'll pray for you and ask that the Lord will save you and change your life. And He will, too. He will. Anyone at all, if you'd like to do that. And then we also, if you're here today and you know the Lord is your Savior and you say, Lord, my life hasn't been quite right. I haven't been right for a while now. I haven't been able to put my finger on it. But today, Lord, you put your finger on it by the Holy Spirit. Rekindle my life. Revive my life. Make me restored to where I should be. And that's what we want to do. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful 
for your word. We thank you for your kindness and mercy and compassion that you want the best for us, Lord. And we pray for anyone here who doesn't know the Lord, that they will accept you today, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and as their Savior. Today's the best day to do it. Today's the day of salvation. And Lord, for us as believers, help us, Lord, to be revived. Revived in our lives, in our devotion and our dedication. And we just ask your blessing now on the rest of this day and for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.